Good evening, everybody. Uh, coming to you actually from a nice summer evening in Gainesville, Florida. It's, uh, it's almost the beginning of fall. Almost the beginning. You can kind of feel it. Uh, there's the humidity's down a little bit. There's a little bit of crisp in the air, uh, but there's still you can tell there's the heat and there's the mosquitoes. Uh, you're listening to another episode of A Powwow with Pops. I think this is episode 76. Um, I appreciate you all for uh, checking in on me and uh, listening to the show. Um, like always, I don't have any advertisement because I'm not big enough yet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Someone, anyone. Depends, Geritol. Yeah, Gotta start hint, somewhere. Hint. hint. No. Uh, oval team. And, yeah, oval. I'll do oval team, motherfucker, for sure. Um, but you all know, sh- you know, uh, about the show, you know what I'm here, and I actually have a guest this evening, which is amazing. I've got a couple weeks where the, uh, not just you, but many other guests have fallen through just because of life. Uh, and the gentleman I have with me this evening is actually what we were discussing before I, we started, was he was practically one of the first band people I met because of the guys that I was with. And we've kind of known each other on the outskirts of the friendships all these years. Uh, and it's about 23 plus uh, hitting on it. And that's years, not minutes. Minutes, yes. And that man is Buddy Schaub. That's me. I'm here. Thank you for showing up this evening. Uh, I think it's actually fitting that you just said this is the 76th episode because I play trombone and there's the song 76 oh, trombones. There you go. Parade. I, then, this, I, if that so works out perfectly, it couldn't be, awesome. be more fitting. Yeah. Coming up, starting out with the boner. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. But, um, buddy, thanks for showing up this evening. Thanks yeah, for totally. joining me. Even though we had a couple uh, mishaps on, we've been trying to schedule this like totally. three, three different times already. Yeah, yeah. We finally made it happen. That's but good. you're busy, like you said. You've uh, been busy working on tracks for the new album. Yes. Well, for both, for both two bands. Albums you're yeah, exactly. On I have right two now, different right? bands Coffee going on right now. Right yeah. Now and and Less Than Jay. Yeah. Both culminating at the same time. Uh, so my creative juices are oozing out of my pores right now. How's that feel right now? It's it's a little hectic because uh, with Less Than Jake, we've, we've been writing this record. Well, it's not even going to be a record. It's going to be like an EP. But we took a bunch of time off at the beginning of the year and started writing around Mar- like early February, March, uh, and had like seven or eight ideas going and then okay. decided to scrap them all. Because we were supposed to record in May. That's brave. So then we came back. So we still had all, all of May blocked out to record. Can I, ask, so, can I just one quick question if you want to throw it out there? Why did you scratch it all? Were you just not everybody was happy? I think, I think what it is is that the people that came with the songs to the table had already gone too far with them in their heads. So, and were not okay. willing to I gotcha. bend with other maybe. people's parts in their yeah, parts. Yeah, it was like they had already gotcha. like got grown too attached to stuff. So okay. it was too... Which is hard it for was a too band much their to children already together when you're trying to write together. Exactly, and that's and that's what's that really unique about Less Than Jake, or maybe not so unique because I guess some bands do this, but there's five of us, and it's like five really strong personalities in the band, right. and we all want an opinion. Like we're all creative people. So some bands, you know, there's just yep. one guy that's the songwriter, and he comes in, he's like, all right, here's the songs, and here's your parts, or whatever. Yeah. But with us, even like you know, Jr. and I write like Jr. Yeah. writes full songs too, and yeah. Uh, so. You know, we all kind of want our say, and it, and it really works out well for us that way because it's it's difficult because there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen, but the the melting pot that comes out is you know everyone you know, it's it's like a, a recipe where a bunch of people are putting in their stuff and it's a big uh, you know yeah. a, a nice beef stew when we're done. Okay, so now that we're we, we started here at the kind of like the the the, the starting of two thousand late two thousand sixteen fall coming into a new album. 
kind of want to go back as far as I can with you a little bit and kind of prior to you moving to Gainesville where are you originally from uh, I'm from Palm Bay, Florida. So okay. I, I moved a whole three hours away. Okay, like a lot of Florida, Florida <laughs> yeah. kids. I, I grew up far enough away that they won't visit all the time. Yeah. Well, I'm well. That's what's. <laughs> I'm at that. Three hours is not a very far drive, so it, it is hard to make excuses sometimes. Right. Especially right, now right. that my parents are getting old. Like, I actually yeah. already had older parents. Uh, oh, okay. As a kid, like you know, I had like the, the parents that were like, "Wow, your parents are really old." It's like so my your, parents your are as old as some people's third, grandparents were. In their thirties when they had you. Yes. Okay. And so. Uh, now they're you know in their 850s because I'm so old. What'd your um, What'd your parents do? Uh, my dad was in the Air Force. Uh, he How was many a pilot. Uh, ooh, that's a good question. Was, um, he, a, was he 20 years? I mean, he was straight out of high school and until he got injured, and so. He's got an interesting, like my whole parents' story on how they met is great. So my dad was in Vietnam. He was a uh, pilot. And he used to fly uh, like C-130. Yeah, uh, they're like the cargo, cargo yeah, planes. Yeah. yeah, so he would fly in supplies in the Air Force. and then fly out dead bodies, kind of thing. So oh, you know, body bags and the ones and with stuff. heroin over there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All the and, and <laughs> the heroin bags. Yeah, yeah, he never yeah. unzipped any. But uh, so you know, he saw a lot of crazy stuff, and you know, he got his landing gear shot out one time when he was landing, and still landed the what? plane, and like had all crazy he, he had all kinds of stuff happen where like you know bullets flying through the fuselage and stuff, never got hurt. He's riding around on his motorcycle on the base, like on, like you know, right. in, in Vietnam still, but like just on, you know, on site. And he's kind of on the outskirts on his motorcycle. And uh, he was stopped at a red light, and the trucks that were carrying supplies and stuff when they were on the outskirts weren't allowed to stop at the red lights, and they didn't see him, and uh. they just ran him over. And so he he got completely crushed, like right side of his body, everything was broken, and left side paralyzed. So he was in the hospital for like three years, and. His roommate in the hospital happened to be my mom's brother. Holy shit. So my current uncle. Wow. So she went to go visit her brother in the hospital and ended up meeting my dad. And then they fell in love, Florence Nightingale style, and here I am as wow, a result. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, so had he not gotten injured Did she work for the and WAC? been disabled no. my whole life, well, no, and she didn't. She had nothing to do with the military. Oh, so okay, it's crazy. Cool. She, was, she was actually a scientist. She oh, was, wow. she, okay. she was a research uh, what type of science? Like a pharmaceutical company thing. She would okay. like you know experiment on mice and weird things like that. Cool. She's very smart. My whole the her whole side of the family is very smart for sure. Is that um, where does um, where does your artistic um, love for music and, and ability to play? What, does that come from your parents? Is that uh, something yeah, that you a, picked up? Yeah, that's that's a weird them? one too because you know there wasn't. I mean there there definitely was music I guess going on in my household, but not like you know every other jazz musician you hear stories about there. You know, Right. Their dad was also a jazz musician, and he would lay, lay under the piano at night, or you know. But my mom is in a, a thing called Sweet Adelines, which is like a vocal singing, like a choral group. Okay. Uh, and so I would go see so those performances. Like so four, she, she's definitely musical. Well, more it's, thing, it's like a huge, like, oh, like, a, like an actual chorus. But then okay. she also they also break down into like barbershop stuff and 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 you know six person. I was in a choralers and chorus group. In, yeah. Okay. In yeah. So you got, oh yeah, you were in chorus. All right. I did yep. lots of chorus. I was a band geek. You were a choral geek. <laughs> I tried everything and everything. And then there were the drama people too. There, there I, was that's like, what was... I, you know, looking back, I really should have been the. I should have. Yeah, you should have been a drama queen. I'm doing. I'm doing a play now. Mm. I'm like, yeah, that's it's, right. it's, it's crazy. The like, I mean, like, you, is that the Cross Sound Repertory Theater? Is that where you're doing it? Or no, we're doing it actually in Atlanta. We were asked to do it at the. Oh, you were uh, up in Atlanta when you talked to me the other no, day. No, I, we were here in town practicing. Oh, okay. Over here at Actors Warehouse on on Main Street, the purple oh, yeah, building yep, yep. before Vine. And um, we had done the play twice before here in town, 
And then somebody saw the video of it and asked us to do the Atlanta Theater Arts Festival uh, October 14th. Oh, that's cool. So, like, my very first play I've ever done. So you've already done the play, though. So that's twice. good. At least you have it under your belt. And then yeah. you're going to go, you and just have to re go really relearn good. everything. Yeah, well, me and Wester are going to really work out the fight scenes a little better because I play Tibbetts, the guy who hangs Solomon. Okay. The really piece of shit. You guy. Which, which play is that? Oh, sorry, I missed the 12 board. Years a Slave. Okay. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I play the, I play pretty, I just pretty much impersonate family members. Okay. The, that's all I'm doing. <laughs> right. I'm just which impersonating. Also part of our pre my cousin Dutch. You know, I'm just like, okay, come here, man. You just channel, you. channel your inner Yeah, that's hate. it, man. I'm just like, I gotta know. Let me see what I'd feel like if I put on tight Wranglers and Dingoes. <laughs> Angry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In a bash Why shirt. are they so tight? <laughs> that's why they make Levi's skinny jeans stretch. <laughs> yeah, jeggings <laughs> you could wear. Exactly. So, okay, so where did the, so what kind of music were they listening so, to at home? When well, well, that's the thing, too. And since they were older, like I said, they were like a like generation ben past Cosby. everyone else. So, every, like, all my other friends were listening to, like, 70s and 60s, like, rock. You know, like, my friend Joel, uh, you know, as well, his dad is, like, you know, was actually a younger, so I, like, you know, had him when he was younger. Yeah. So he was, like, young and hip and was, you know, listening to, like, Pink Floyd and, like, Led Zeppelin and all that kind of stuff. And I'm listening to, like, yeah, Frank Sinatra, Bing Crosby, whatever was on the... And it was all just on the radio in the car kind of thing. Lots we didn't of really, words. We didn't really listen to much. You know, I'm, and this is really scary how old we are. Like, I, you know, I'm born... I remember when tapes came out. Like, yeah. I remember... Like, yeah, so yeah, when I was right a kid, it was all vinyl. And tape. Yeah, and we never had an 8-track player in the car, so I missed that whole thing, too. And it was just uh, just vinyl records. And then tapes came out when around the time when I would start buying music kind of right, thing. So, right, right, right. So I remember all my first music was on tape. And it was... And, Everyone now that's like it's like a kitsch thing too for like bands to put out tapes and stuff now. It's like a very indie. That's why I started thing buying uh, still sealed TDK tapes and hoarding them in my house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you can Every sell time them I to go hipsters. to Goodwill, man, I'm gonna be but like, I'm gonna I, have an Etsy sell off in five years when it gets really big and bands want to do it. I'd be like, I got 500 tapes for this much money. I'm super annoyed because I it, still though. owe Mirror Image. <laughs> no. Yeah, for, yeah, for all the tapes, tapes that they made for you. Yeah, <laughs> actually, we had tapes made at Mirror Image too. So funny. Back day. But it's but. like I hated that format because if you wanted to hear the song again, you had to rewind all the way back to the beginning right. of the song. Like even a record player is easier than that. You just pick yes. it up and put it back. Right. It's just not portable. So that was the big thing about tapes was it was portable. And you got the Walkman came out and it was like this huge thing. Had your own but, uh, earphones that you could walk around and yeah, pull away was, from like your family. Just, yeah, just go like listen to your own personal space was crazy for sure. So okay. But, so, but that, so that, getting back to what you, yeah, you were yeah. asking us, so, uh, let's see, I guess, yeah, so we didn't really even listen to, rec I, the first record I got was the Muppet Show, like a Muppet Show record, right, right, where right. it was like an episode yeah, kind yeah. of thing, and I, got I one of those memorized all the songs one. on that, and we actually did yeah. uh, a Muppet Show 7-inch with Less Than Jake, and I sing acapella this one song that I used to sing all the time as a kid, I know all okay. the words, <laughs> Mississippi Mud, and sun goes down, the tide rolls out, and people gather around, and they all begin to shout, hey, hey, Uncle Dud, it's Street Beach Beat on Mississippi Mud, it's Street Beach Beat on Mississippi Mud, what a dance do they do, glory how I'm telling you, they don't need no band. Keep time by clapping their hands. Just happy as a cow, chewing on a cut. It's street to beat your feet on the Mississippi mud. It's street to beat your feet on the Mississippi mud. Wow. So, yeah, and I'll never forget that because no, it was won't. so ingrained from when <laughs> no, I was a kid. No, you won't. But, uh, and that was great, too, because that was, like, one of my first introductions to stuff was The Muppet Show. And yeah. that's, there's such great music on there. Yeah, there was, always. But so I, I always agree. had, like, an older thing until I met people in school that had other music and would turn around and stuff. Or the ra and the radio. I got that? a boombox at some point and started listening what to the radio. What grade was that? Do you think where... The transition happened. Yeah, the transition happened. Wow, was that that's like a, middle that's a really good question. Uh, I think even before that, like I would start listening to the radio. It was probably 
Oh, I know where we, it was. Uh, my friend Steve Doucette and I used to start listening to stuff. Uh, probably fifth or sixth grade, somewhere in there. I was like, okay. started to venture out into my own kind of music. And this is all pre-MTV too, so you weren't watching anything on TV. Here was all the radio for sure. And then MTV came out of someone, but I didn't have it for a while, so I'd always have to go watch it yep. at my friend's house. Yep, yep. And then when I finally got it, it was my high school years were me getting home and watching like the the, the video countdown. countdown. Yeah, like our dinner. Like day, we had dinner dude. at six o'clock every night, yep. and the countdown ended at, at like five fifty nine or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It would be like I was waiting for the last song, and my mom would be like, "Dinner time!" And I'm like, "I have to see the last song." God damn it, buddy! White Get Lions Wait was on there for like forty weeks in a row or something, and I loved that song. I was wait, like, "Yes, yeah," I would be wait. singing along. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Oh my god! You know, I, it's, you say that that's hilarious. <laughs> I put I put. White Snake up on Facebook today, and I was Tony like, Katane was in that I was video. like, I was like, come on, baby. I was just talking to Chrissy. I was like, come on, you know you're feeling this today, oh. baby. And she's like, give me. She just totally killed it. Half the reason I know, uh, <coughs> well, because I grew up during it, but the other yeah. half is because Chris has instilled in my, like he is a metal hairband wellspring of information. Like, really, he does not forget. Well, he's got one of those weird memories too, where he knows like dates and places and times and stuff like that like when we're on really tour intricate. and stuff like that yeah, yeah. stuff that everyone else forgets but then he knows Which like ridic- he, he reads like Metal Sludge and stuff still and he knows every every not just like the singer he knows every member of every band of every metal band but then he doesn't know anything that came out after 1992 he's right, like right. completely lost he's like if it's, if it's after Doc and Dream Warrior <laughs> yeah. I don't want to hear nothing and he still is the whole it. Warped Tour this summer was uh like everyone leaves to go to the stage a little earlier, like little different times. Like Vinny gets there the first because he goes over there and like gets ready right, for like right. an hour before and warms up. Uh, Jr. goes over. Was starting to go over with him. He was going a little later than him, but now he goes over a little earlier too. And then I go before Chris and Raj because I still have to get my horn out warm up. But I wait, you know, until the last like the last half hour before I have to be there, kind of okay. thing. But Chris and Raj would cruise in like five, you know, typical stars show up five yeah. minutes before someone hands them a guitar. <laughs> I got to get my horn out and like lube it up and do the whole deal. Get the spit out. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta practice my tonguing, <laughs> but uh, but so Chris was just have his iPhone out and like, is that what you say you dirty read? <laughs> yeah, well that would be that would be dirty. Jr. I don't know how he reads. I'm a brass right, player. Right, yeah, exactly. I, I get all my tonguings. He has all the fingerings. I get all the tonguings. <laughs> and I, and I have lube. Hole. There's lots of lube involved in mine. <laughs> but uh, but so Chris was playing every day. It would be like a new like whatever random song that I've never heard from the 80s <laughs> you know he just looks yeah. up YouTube videos and plays it for that's me that's the same thing I do yeah. yeah so it was it was definitely a summer of nonsense so I'm guessing like so so like uh, this is kind of like one of the albums that I think was like kind of uh, it was before Guns N' Roses even and it was was there music before Guns N' Roses yes there was <laughs> I think Poison look what the cat drug in yeah I th- to me that's the one that was that the one that you know I never Oh, that's not the one that open up and say ah was the one that had the cover yeah. right that, yeah, yeah, like the that one. got banned yeah yeah <laughs> this was the very first one yep. that was pretty much the Ramones but mm-hmm. slowed down yeah and that's why I still to this day when people say that album sucks I was like sit there and listen yeah, to that whole album speed it up album. and make it dirtier yeah it's, it's the Ramones all those bands they are pop punk bands yeah. that's all they did and you could t- and they, I was like they dressed like the freaking New York Dolls is what technically what they dressed like yeah I mean, it was technically a, an '80s version, or of like the, the Black Veil Brides. Yeah, were around. <laughs> like yeah it's exactly. Like, you know, it all comes back around. Yeah, yeah everything's so cyclical with the yeah. music and, and, and the it's cro- and it's cross pollinates like that too. Where yeah, you know, everyone thinks that like, especially when you're in high school or yeah. you know, whenever you're first discovering music, whatever you yep. think you're on, you're like, I'm different than everyone I else. My thing, DRI crossover, thing and whatever. Yeah, there's <laughs> this is not like that other thing. But as you get older, you're like, oh my god, all this stuff is really just the same. Yeah, no, that's so like, so maybe what was. Uh, 
So your middle school years were sixth, seventh, eighth, like mine, weren't they? Like sixth, uh, seventh, eighth, high school, ninth, sixth. Sixth was 12? still elementary school. Oh, you were still. Now this is great. See, this is a part of the reason of my self-deprecating life, is that I was the last batch of kids to go through our middle school where it was just seventh and eighth grade. Right. And then I got to high school and I was ninth grade, and so I was a freshman in high school and then on. Right. So we were the last freshmen. So the kids uh, behind us, they got to be in middle school for seventh and eighth grade and then they were the top of you know they were like yeah. the, the big men on campus when they're in eighth grade and then they were the first ones that were in ninth grade so they were the big man on campus again. again yep and i on the other hand was in high school being the freshman and then there were no freshmen below me, so I was a sophomore, and we were still at the bottom of the barrel. Yep, yep. So then we couldn't wait until like the new crop of you know kids came in when we were finally juniors. And then they were so cocky when they came in though that, that like you couldn't make fun of them. Yeah, like we were, we, we were, were like we've been beaten down for funny. two years, so we were like, all right, we're gonna make fun of you now. And we're yeah. like, but we were no, so no, bad no. at it because we were we were too busy getting beaten down. <laughs> that they came in like whatever, man. We're we're king of the road. You got a cigarette pump? Yeah, man. Here yeah, you go. Yeah, exactly. It was uh. So I got I got boned on that one too. So. What was your um, what was your biggest thing in high school? Like, what was your? Did you go to a lot of shows? Were you skateboarding? I was, like, I was not was there your... yet. With I was not there in punk rock world yet. I was. I think I was always a little bit punk rock at heart, but didn't know what it was yet. Okay. Because all my friends, you know, we. I was never the cool kid. I was never, you know, in that group. But I wasn't really. Yeah, I was like smart, but I wasn't really like a full blown nerd. Right, right, right. It's a little dorky, probably. Yeah. And and I had, I, had, D &D like I had a click. I, I did. Yeah, but that was younger. D &D. That was not in high school. That was like younger. I yeah. played D&D. &D. Like through middle school. I got out of that by high school. Maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. barely into middle school. But yeah, I was already yeah. out of that. I did like sports and stuff when I was a kid, too. And a little bit of soccer. Yeah, and I, we had like woods behind my house, so I'd go play in the woods. That's I had like I had a whole like well rounded leg. I, I wasn't like shit. any specific niche really. You just tried to do as much as you could and try different things. Yeah, and I'm still kind of like that. I, I call myself a jackass of all trades instead of a jackalter because I, yeah. I'm, I'm a... Or jack of all trades, king of shit. Yeah, I'm a master of none, basically. Yeah, yeah. But, but you want but to the other But the other learn. way to phrase that is well-rounded because yeah. that's really what it is because if you're if you get really good at one thing which I'm always down on myself because I'm like God, if I just played my trombone more I'd be really good at it. I know I could be like one of those people that I strive to be or whatever. Right. But... One downfall of that is that if you get really good at that thing, then that's all anybody ever wants you to do. And so, you know, you, you'll be like the best trombone player, so everyone's always like getting you to come play the trombone on all these things or whatever. And, and then, you know, you want to go do this other thing, but you never have time because people are always getting you to do that one thing that you're good at. Yeah. But if you're good at a bunch of stuff or, or not good at anything, like yeah, you're just, like, you just, you're you just give pretty the heart good at everything, yeah, then you can do, do a bunch of stuff. And then, and then you have like a more well-rounded, enjoyable life. See, I mean, it's great for the people that are really good, and we need that. But right, I think definitely. I'm more of a well-rounded. I've always been that kind of person. Anyway, I was like kind of good at everything in school, and I didn't know what I was going to major in. It was like I right. could do that. I could be a math major. I could be a. Did that know. make it difficult for you to figure out things? It did. I, it was my junior year in college before I actually finally settled on psychology, and just because that was like, I I took like AP classes in high school, and so I AP'd so out of a much whole were bunch. My smart whole, enough to get yourself. Yeah, a my whole bit first year, maybe like the whole first semester of college, I was already like a semester ahead, so oh, I shit. could like kind of cruise through some stuff i took like a lot of like like i didn't have to take like english 101 and stuff so i took so, a lot of electives and so like education stuff. was a very important thing growing up in your uh, home i'm guessing it was, yeah for it sure was, we, we was you it know, frowned and, upon and if you did well bad? because my dad like the story about my dad too like so i had both my parents didn't because my dad was just uh retired from the air force and like on disability right so he didn't have a job and my mom would do like was might as well have had a job because she had like a million things that she did and she was like the school nurse and she was like volunteering she all the stuff she didn't so really have a job out. right so i had like parents up my ass all the time like my parents were there, there. all the time so 
I think it was just which a product of that became like, you know, which is good. Well, that's like, it helps you with your school and stuff too, you know, because they were also that kind of, you know, they were, my mom's smart and my oh. sister's smart, like way smarter. She's way smarter than me too. And <coughs> she is full blown nerd kind of vibe yeah. too. So, uh, like the socially awkward a little bit side of it, you know, I was right. like socially there too. So I could kind of play both fields. But, uh, so I, you know, I was always the two years behind her and I was like, oh, well, you're Melissa's brother. So you right, should, right. You should I'm be sure you're going to be really smart then. And then yeah. I like, put a little pressure on that side of things too, but. So luckily, I wasn't some. I could thing imagine. Bat See, like, I was a, I was an only child, so I kind of I, I lucked. I, I mean, I guess I'd say I lucked out, but I didn't. You know, I kind of wish I would have had someone to yeah to throw bounce shit things off, off of. Yeah, because my parents were so shitty to throw. <laughs> yeah, you didn't even have. Yeah, exactly. You didn't really have. <laughs> hey, you guys, can you get can you stop getting high for a minute? And <laughs> yeah, that, like and maybe like it. change my diaper. I'm help tired me. of doing it myself. Yeah. This cloth is really hard. These <laughs> pins, you help me wash my these diaper. Pins are big. <laughs> That's like how we are too. People were probably still washing diapers back then. <laughs> they were. So okay, so uh, high school, your artist, your art, your artistry as a horn well, that's where that's where music came really in for sure. Picking up. Uh, well, actually, music came in before that. Seventh and eighth grade is where I started playing an instrument, and because uh, it was either you took the wheel, which I don't know if I that's still a thing in high school or, yeah, or I mean yeah, in, was, in yeah. middle school or whatever. It's uh, you either took band or that, and and the wheel was like you did like. You know, two months you of whatever typing yeah. and cooking and uh, home ec and all that whatever computer programming. Computer programming that, that was one of them too, and uh, you know, metal shop or what you know. Yeah. So it was all those different things. So I missed out on a lot of that stuff. But I, I took band because my sister was in it, and I was like, oh, well, I could just like you know learn. I, I played the same instrument you, as her. Did she tell? Did she say anything you'd like to uh, take this, band? This gets oh, take this band. this gets so good. She, she played clarinet, and so of course I decided to play clarinet because then it would be easy to just have her teach me mm-hmm. or help at least. Right. And I was seventh grade. I was first chair clarinet. I'm kicking ass at clarinet that summer. Damn. After seventh grade. That's good. Yeah, it was pretty good. You know, I, I mean, could, that's and really I could, good. You know, I could, I could, you know, I could diddle the licorice stick yeah. a little bit, and uh, and I can still actually. I got another clarinet <laughs> at some point, like in a garage sale or something like that. I bought a clarinet, and uh, I can still play it. I can make. Make really? noise. I don't know that's if I can. Awesome. I, I would take me a while to get back to reading yeah, yeah. treble clef. No, or that's whatever, a very, That's not an in, easy instrument to yeah, play. Yeah, it's a weird one. Well, it's it's easier than anything double reed instrument. Like an oboe right. has yeah. the two reeds. That's even weirder. I don't know really how people do that. But so so fast forward to seven, summer of seventh grade, and my sister's already in high school now, and it's like her first summer after being a freshman, and she's like, you know, maybe you should think about taking a different instrument. That's like, you know, there maybe more guys play it or. I think she was really just trying to get me out of her section, right. so I didn't mess anything up that she had she, going on or anything. Screwing up my yeah, like first I come in and be all dick. cool, and then all of a sudden, yeah, or like I'm yeah. just like, you know, I'm I'm making fun of her or something. Who knows yeah. what would happen? So <laughs> she convinces me to, to take another instrument, and I was like, well, I know a couple that guys nice that play brother, trombone, you know, yeah. and that's why I play trombone. Okay. And if I had, if she hadn't done that, I wouldn't be in this in this band or talking to you or in Gainesville. So probably. who knows? For just for being an awesome brother, and. and Listening to your sister, yeah, you you the were one, like, the okay, one piece of advice it. I took for my sister. Yeah, the one piece of advice, and it and it worked. And out. it worked and for my entire life path. No, it like no, completely changed everything the, for like, you. It's like a choose your own adventure book. Like yeah. if I had gone, no, I'm going to stick with the clarinet. There's no no one wants a clarinet in their ska band. Like I don't know what I would be. Doing. So so after that worked out, and you got into trombone, you got into high school. Yeah, then I was full what, band geek all through high school. Like it was marching what, band, what was your jazz music band. You were, like when you got home. And, and you were done, like, your first week, ninth grade, boom, 
band, but go home. What was like? What were you listening to? To, to, to you know, like oh fuck, I'm in high school now. I got all this shit. Well, there wouldn't be that much time because I'd get home from marching band practice too. Oh yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't you get guys home had until, so like, much you know, practice back then. Or something. That's yeah, right. I, not really that late, but no, and then I'd have homework because I was a good student, so I'd have all that stuff to do. But I was also in like tennis. And, and like, I, I, did, I was very active. I was like, you know, Latin Club, National Honor Society. I did like, all, I was active high school. What person drove for sure. you to do? What drove you to do that kind of stuff? Just can I ask? I think it was again part of my just my family upbringing. It's just like you do that. So my sister was involved in a bunch of stuff, but I was involved in different things than her. But right. uh, it was just you know, like some of my friends were doing it, so I would do that too. And right, uh, I started playing tennis in like seventh or eighth grade. So I stopped. I, I played soccer and baseball growing up, and then played that all the way through like in Little League and stuff up until high school and then I didn't want to try out for like the actual high school team I was like yeah. oh, I'm probably not good enough for that or something like that. Yeah, yeah. or it just seemed like too much Yeah. but then the tennis I had just gotten into so I was like oh, I'll go out for that and it was this, the other season but that was part of it too is that Marching Man was in the fall and, it, and so football kind of was out, out. Not, not, yeah. but I never played football so but that's when soccer was so and that was the one I really liked I actually liked soccer a lot and then, or football if you're from Europe Right, right. Uh, I don't know what your listenership's like. <laughs> or if, if it's actually football if you're anywhere else there in the world. There are Europeans. <laughs> yeah. Ger- I got it's not some, just Europeans. I got some Germany. Everywhere on the planet. I got planet. some Germany, some ja- Japanese, some China, Hong Kong. Yeah. All of those South people America, call it football. Uruguay. A lot it's of funny because like a, a Trump supporter would be like, that's soccer, damn it. Yeah, like, you know, it's like, no, it's, well, it's if you actually, really look at the rest of the world, yeah, we're wrong. Football, yeah. it's, that's what kills me when people, you know, you're like, oh, you guys drive on the wrong side of the road, all that kind of stuff. It's like, well, it really just depends on where you're Weird, from. Yeah. It's not the wrong side of the road. It's <laughs> yes. just the other side it's of the road. It's a choice. But, yeah, so <laughs> that's weird for high school for me, too, was a, a, a split on music, to get back to your question, yeah. which was uh, what was I listening to after? And... I listened to a lot of like rap and stuff. I was into like hip hop and stuff okay, early cool. on in high school, but also well. like stuff off the radio. And that's when like MTV, I first started kind of like being able to watch that at my house. And so, and then metal kind of crept in there. And so I was like getting into that. So Headbangers so, Ball. So like Yo MTV raps was that. So you watch Headbangers Ball. I watched Headbangers Ball. I watched, Ball. I watched, I watched uh, 120 Minutes. To, well, actually, that's, see, now that's what, that what, what happened is, yeah. So my junior yeah. year in high school is about where that changed over. And that's yeah, yeah. where. But I was still listening Me to like too. Sir Mix a lot and like yeah, yeah, totally. some, third base and like Cool Modi and like like third ah uh, third base I was never like that into. It's, it's <laughs> funny because they were they were the, the, the one white guys I could have latched onto. Uh, and then but then I also got into metal there for a while and was was listening to that too. But then it was around my junior year that I started like finding like alternative like the Cure and the Smiths and Depeche yeah. Mode and so like all the older soft <laughs> like uh, all the old new, new wave, wave type stuff yeah, yeah. yeah and that crossed me over into the punk pop. rock world which I think the the first stuff I got into in that world maybe Ministry took me and like Skinny Puppy I started nice. getting into industrial type yeah, yeah. stuff I love and it and that moved me out of uh, I work out to Ministry Thieves and Liars and a Terrible yeah and minds. that was like a little hard it was still dancey is a terrible but it was harder taste. yeah that, that record's the, dude, the best dude I remember one. going to Tampa every weekend with these goth ladies yeah I went to all those like dance things and went to like 911 in Tampa every Saturday night and it was just full on you know yeah all that skinny puppy. Yeah. It was dudes all like that grabbing stuff. Yeah. mosquitoes out of the air. The, and, the big you know, wispy, yeah, bending down. Hard, yeah, yeah. Witch movements. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Is, <laughs> is he a priest? Is, what's yeah. happening? What are you doing? Wicca! <laughs> yeah. But, uh, no, that's. that's but, but that stuff was a little harder edge yeah. than, than the new wave stuff. And then that led me to some, somebody, I think, played Minor Threat for me at some point. And that's where I switched into, like, punk. The and then that turned into The Descendants. What year was that, would you say? Well, that's actually, I, we moved into college. Like, the, the later half of high school was that, like, okay. the alternative side of things. And then first year, that was my first year, like, my freshman year of college, I started 
finding that kind of like the Boston's too was my freshman year. Okay. <clears throat> so it was a blend of all the different like in Green Day Kerplunk, I got that, and so like there was a bunch of different kind of stuff, and then I just I just dove headfirst into that. And so then my my whole college experience was punk rock world. It was like I had punk rock yeah. friends and like my roommates and you know we're going to the hard back and that's yeah. yeah and that's when I met you. And it was so like you right at the beginning. So I was just a freshly in... punk rock guy. So you were like you came here. I moved in here in ninety one. Yep. Fall of ninety one. So you were here during Spoke. Oh yeah, that was a big influence on me. Spoken Radon, okay. for sure. Okay, I was gonna. And they would always to me, play together. They play together a lot too. To so me, whenever they both had a show. Uh, and I've said this I, so many times, and I'll play. I play him on my show all the time when I'm talking and stuff. The to me, that was the first band I heard on the jukebox at the Hardback. They had already gone out of town. Mm-hmm. The first night I was at the Hardback. Oh, they were gone by the time you got here. Yeah, they were. Ju- they had just like left. They were just. You mean like, like left to go on tour? Because they did that one tour. They did or one you tour. You mean like they Resh, moved? Re- like Resh moved I to Chicago. I think Resh had moved God. just right around that time was period. That early, I feel like it was like '94 or something. Like yeah, it was moved, right around there. there. And I'm sitting in there, and fucking antihistamine comes on, and the hairs on the back, and yeah, still to like, this day I can listen to that song, and to me, that that feels like Gainesville to me. That's super. That that is Gainesville to me. And there's funny because there's. The, the hardback always it's kind of like how Boca Fiesta is that now it's like there's right. like the cool crowd or whatever yeah, yeah. and so the hardback was like where the like the underground cool punk rockers were or whatever but there was also different generations of that so when we were there in the early 90s there was like the people that would come in that were older but they were probably in their like, like mid 20s but like, like the Jeffersons like, and like like, like Dan Arkey, yeah the Muffs Deb, and like, yeah. like all the old the, like yep. the 80s yes kids. all those people that are barely older than Tom us now Miller. because those age differences yeah. aren't really that big now but like at the time like five years older was like fucking crazy right? old and so like they would be but they wouldn't go out as much anymore yeah. so they'd show up and we were like the owners of the hardback now and yeah. be like who the hell are these dudes but they, they were probably being like who are these people taking over our spot like it's so funny like the politics of like the scene and how it so, changed, and I was learning yeah. all that then too because it was like all new to me too yep. you know I remember going the first time with uh, my other band uh, I remember if I was I don't think we were I was in Less Than Jake yet so I was in this band called Dig Dug with Steve-O and this guy Bobby who I was going to bring up a minute ago because of the raid on yeah, Spoke yeah. thing but uh and we wanted to get a show. We had, you know, we were, we, we'd, you know, practiced a bunch. We had a bunch of songs, and we hadn't ever played out. So we're like, I think we played some like house shows or something like that, because that was still popular. Yeah, yeah. Like you we were still allowed to do that without getting shut down. I hear but, you're uh, doing it again. Here yeah. Well, town. there's been several different times They've when it was trying. like okay to do it again, and then like yeah. you, know, you get away with they, it, and you then you don't. Like they let you get away with it, and then all of a sudden you do it too much. That's what it is. Yeah. Everybody gets and then the everyone's bug. like, eh. or like wherever, whatever neighborhood it's in, someone bitches, it's and it's over. But. uh but yeah, so we had to go talk to Alan Bushnell at the hardback and like get a show. I remember being nervous, like you know, we're like going down there. And we're Alan. like, all right, what are we gonna wear? No, I didn't. We didn't do yeah. that. But we were you like, okay, we're like you talked to him. No, you talked to him. But we went in. You know, it was like during the day too. We even went in like, you know, like when five he was o'clock, like, in like or like weird before like room. before it opened or whatever. Yeah, like he was he was in the regular main part there. But like, <laughs> and we were like, oh, there's Alan. So we went up to him. And we're like, hey man, so. I don't know if you know us or not, but we're in this bank. We got a show. He was like, sure. Like, he got out of the schedule and we, like, booked a show and we were like, yeah, it was that easy. It was on, yeah. Yeah, and then we were like, fuck, we got a show. Now we got to really practice or whatever. But uh, what I was going to say, Bobby, the singer for that band, me and him were both into Radon and Spoke, but he was super into Radon and I was into Spoke. Spoke. There was, like, the faction of, like, Radon oh, people wow, versus okay. Spoke people, too. There was definitely, like, a. I mean, you, you probably liked both of them, but there were there were two different, you know, there were definitely different sounds. Yes, and I are. was more of a Spoke guy. I think Spoke actually does kind of harken back to that new waviness a little bit more than the punk rock. Yes, it does. Like, they're more Husker Do, yes, Radon, that's what and, it, that's, and, yeah, and, yeah. and I think 
Spoke, Spoke is had more the, like yeah. They had this weird. Um, they had that like ethereal thing going yeah. on. Yeah. Because he would do this weird thing with his amps too. Like I don't know if you ever saw them live, but he would put his two. He had PV. They were like these PV, like two 12-inch, like oh, wow. two 12 speakers, and he had them like on, on either side, side or oh, whatever. Shit. And then he would rig this whole thing, and then like when they were recording, he did some weird shit with his vocals too. I you love can the, tell what it's he like a little layered or whatever. Yeah. yeah, like that. He's got like a deep one, and another one he does there. like those. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that kind of made it this other thing for me. I agree with you 100%. But I, and I also awesome. like out of Radon stuff, there's like the Brent songs and the Dave Rome songs. Yeah. And I like the Dave Rome stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, Dave was, his stuff just always. It, it grabbed me different. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 yeah. It, it was had like, that like anthem it, stuff. It, it, it was, it was, it was pull, it was give and pull. Yep. The, his you, you songs are give and pull. Yeah. Give and pull for sure. Man, but those shows would go off at the hardback too. And that's, that. this is another huge thing. In my life, when I was there, I was there with some girl, and you know, it was a Radon and Spoke show, and it was packed, like it was sold out. People were crowd surfing, grabbing that like lattice, lattice stuff that's yeah. in there, or whatever, and pulling it down. And I was like, man, if my band could ever do this, that would be the most amazing thing ever. Like, I like that was fantasy world to me, and it was like 150 people or something. Yeah. And like we played at like 80,000 people at Reading. You know what I mean? Like it's like to come from that, that and th- that, that was making it. Like if I was like if I got to play to 150 people. So my whole career in Less Than Jake has been one, like, baby step. And that's what was great about our band, too. We never just got, like, huge out of nowhere. I would call it, it's like the snowball effect. I feel like we've just constantly been, like, gathering or, like, the... You've you been know, building like, up momentum yeah, and, over the and, but, years. Yeah, but that, like, keeps you really grounded, too, because you don't get out of your element ever. Like, every step that you take, you're figuring out as you go, too, as far as business and everything. Like, so, like, you grow with the band, yeah, and you're able to run it still yeah. whereas like some bands it gets too big and then like, they, they just have to let someone else them. do it and then yeah. it gets away from them and then it's not what their vision was anymore and that's why it crumbles and, 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 it, and that's why a lot of those bands get big and get a huge hit on the radio then you don't see them again like a year later because they didn't do anything with their fan like they lost yeah. all touch of what they are so what is your what has been your your because I know you're doing the coffee project as well, but over the years, while doing Less Than Jake, were you doing other projects through these all the, throughout uh, well, the years? The, well, at like, the beginning of it, I was actually in another band first. Uh, well, there was Dig Dug, but then me and this guy Steve-O were like a writing team. I was like, I played okay. bass and he played guitar, and we both sang. And no drums. We couldn't keep. No, we had drums, but we couldn't keep. We just couldn't keep. keep drums. So after after Dig Dug bailed, <laughs> we actually did that one time. We had a drum machine. It was called Mr. T. <laughs> I would have been down with that shit. Yeah, I it, love that, that was pretty shit. funny. The we means, did one show like that. Because me and Tom like Acrasto talked about getting rid of Brad Bullifont <laughs> for so many years. Yeah. Be like, dude, drum drummers are always unreliable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He but, will uh, show up when he feels like it. But we did that for a long time, and it was when Puberty Strikes was the the band that oh, we yeah, went yeah, up for. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so we did that, and the Less Than Jake's first tour was actually when Puberty Strikes and Less Than Jake on tour together. So I, I double, I had a double header every night, which was great. Uh, so that that kind of fizzled out. Then it sucks because I, you know, I promised Devo at the beginning that you know, I was like, no, well, this is my real band, Less Than Jake's band. side project, yeah, yeah. Or whatever. But it's his fault. Like I was still willing to keep doing it, but things just kept getting like more stuff just kept happening with Less Than Jake, and I was gone more, and all. This, and eventually he was just like, you don't have time to do this. Yeah, and it's not. I was like, no, but I'm really, I really still feel like, and he was like, yeah, it's just not happening. Yeah, yeah. He moved anyway, but uh, so, so that fizzled out, and then I didn't have anything as a side project for a long time, and then me and Jake started hanging out one day, and it's the way that we started doing coffee project is, well, first we had PB and J. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. One night I called Jake and was just like, hey, what are you doing? I'm, I'm gonna go jam on the drums downstairs. You want to come over and hang out or whatever? Yeah. And uh, he was like, yeah, sure. So he came here. He played drums, and then I, uh, I played bass, and we were, but. My friend Pat Ritchie, I don't know if you know him, yeah, yeah. he used to live here. 
he happened to call me the same night. And he's like, what are you doing? I was like, oh, me and Jake are going to jam. You want to come over? So he came over. And so we're, we're dicking around. We're playing. We wrote, like, a song. We're like, oh, this is awesome. And, like, MySpace had just, like, come out. Like, yeah, it, was yeah. like a, it was, like, gathering steam or whatever. And I'd heard about it. And I had been thinking about doing something with it anyway because you could put music up on it. And I was like, oh, that's a perfect way for me to get, like, my other things. So I started doing there. this yeah. stuff called Black Ice. Is this other thing I want to talk about. But uh, uh, so PB&J was... Uh, so we just got together that night and we like wrote the song and then Pat went home but me and Jake stayed up like all night writing lyrics for it singing them like we recorded the whole we recorded oh we set up mics down there recorded the song oh jeez then, then we came up and wrote lyrics for it and then sang it and it was like 7 in the morning the sun's coming up and we're like we got this thing we made a MySpace page and we're like we did it we put it yeah, out yeah. we got a band the kind of thing yeah yeah and so we did like 4 songs or whatever and then actually played a show at uh, Eddie C's <laughs> like the oh wow yeah, wow wow the backstage lounge yeah like, I've played it's even anything shows now, there's there. nothing there now no, it's, now it's just yeah, this was like the heyday of that it was like 2004 now it's just the hepatitis dish but uh, before <laughs> before all that too I had been doing this instrumental thing because I didn't have another band like I had right. no side project and I had bought all this recording stuff when we were recording Anthem in like 2003 me and Rod were like shopping for stuff on eBay because he was getting yeah. his studio together and he was like helping me like figure out stuff that, and I was going to learn how to use all the studio stuff and I was like well I could just like play with myself and then yeah. so I started like recording drum tracks so I always wanted to learn how to play drums and I got a drum set and I kind of knew I could do because I could like sit here and like do stuff yeah. but I had to like once you get your limbs coordinated, I was like, I can do this. Once and you I, get the I drummer brain, right, yeah. So I started recording drum tracks, and I would lay down, like, ten drum tracks, like, ten different songs worth of drum tracks in, like, one session kind of thing with no oh, idea Jesus. of just, anything on just, top. Just, just, just like, come stuff. up with, like, yeah, yeah. two parts, and I started adding bridges to the thing. So it's, yeah. like, a song format. And then I'd go, like, after I had all those songs, I'd, I'd have to name them first, too, because you have to, like, name your producer. Right, right. So I'd be like, oh, I have to come up with, like, a name, because they're all going to be instrumentals. So I started coming up with, like, stupid, witty like mostly puns or yeah, yeah. like so this whole all of the song titles for this thing or something like that and then uh, then I just you know start laying down the bass over the drums and like jam for a while and then I'd start putting guitars and then eventually it's like done yeah and like you could scrap all that stuff and start over with just the drums and write a whole new song yeah, yeah. that's crazy and actually that's another project I want to do is just use one drum track and like write ten different songs over it and see which is how different they would sound yeah, which yeah, would be yeah. weird because it would kind of be similar but it would be like, it could be a lot different so I started doing that, and well, I had, you, like... Well, if you go by country, how country music's written, you, they can write about 200 fucking songs off the same the same three thing. chords, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's quite and, possible. and thematic material, <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, we've got a leather jacket, we've got a beaten-up truck, <laughs> and my dog. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but, yeah, so, so I did that for a long time, and that was my only creative outlet. And then I met Jake, and since he played When'd drums... When did you meet Jake? So when we st- well, I'd actually met Jake before that, but we were talking about doing... Yeah, yeah. I met Jake in, like, 2000... Two, okay. three, maybe, yeah, yeah. like, and it was through Tony yeah. in Virginia, like, because he was in Home Team. Yeah, it was like Geis and all those Virginia guys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we actually played a show in uh, Harrisonburg or like JMU or whatever, and they were all going to school there. And okay, think, and their band played. And I remember Jake sold merch for us one time when we came through there too. Uh, <laughs> it was well, like some well, crazy yeah. shit, but but uh, but then he when he moved down to Gainesville, like we started hanging out, and uh, it was like something. I'm trying to remember, it was after the PB and J thing though. One, that's what it was. It's one of the PB and J songs we decided to do acoustic yeah and so we did like an acoustic version of it and then we were like man we should just do some of this stuff or whatever and then yeah. we started doing that and it was a way for me to get my songs out like guitar right. and singing and him to do that too but then I fucked up and played trombone on one of them mm-hmm. and then Jake's like oh it's cool when you play trombone with the acoustic guitar and now I'm playing trombone like mostly, <laughs> mostly I end up playing trombone and not doing my right. songs so I have so now I actually have another outlet too like my I have like another little solo thing that I just do by myself but I haven't okay. actually played out I put out a 7 inch with it's a split seven inch with me and the Black Ice Band, okay. Which is both me, so okay. <laughs> it's like a split seven inch with myself or whatever. What kind of music is that? What are you so, doing with so that? So that is, uh, 
it's electric guitar still, but it's all just guitar and then guitar overdubs and vocals and backing vocals. So there's no bass and drums, okay. but it's still like more than just like an acoustic guitar. Does it sound like you're going to take electric yes, singer songwriter? Like kind of take electric guitar and kind of um, it's like Billy Bragg loop, loop on top of itself to kind of build something of its own music. No, no, it's still so you like don't a, have anything. Or like just keep it pretty no, this clean. Th- this is different than the Black Eyes okay, stuff. This okay. is like actual songs. Like I okay. write the song first. I've got lyrics and all that shit. All right, and, all right, all and so right. I sing. I have like I could just sit there and play the guitar okay. and sing. But then, so I lay all that stuff down first, and then I start overdubbing yeah. like lead parts. Okay, so that stuff's there, but I wouldn't really play that if I went and played live. Right. So. And now I just have to work up the courage because it's hard enough to go. Like I go play with Les and Jake to, like I said earlier, like eighty thousand people or whatever. Yeah. And I'm not nervous. Like I go out there, and I'm like, yeah. It's because there's all this stuff behind me that's so loud. A lot of like if I miss a note, yeah. it doesn't really matter. And there's all this action and stuff. But with Coffee Project, it's like there. two dudes up there, and it's an acoustic guitar and a trombone, and it's so naked. And so every time I miss a note, I'm like, ah. Yeah. And so it's like kind I of remember you saying that. And I said something the other and night. I was li- oh, and I went day. back and listened to the video and I couldn't oh, but catch see, it. And then you, the stuff you listen, there's like a whole bunch of stuff that I missed in those. I and, didn't, and I practiced a bunch too. And, and I, was I like, didn't even... Everything that everything sounded like it was done on purpose. <laughs> so, so but see, that's what's so awesome about playing I know. Yeah, music I know all people, these years. Most and people you don't know notice that, that. Right? and that's what it is too. That's why you get better because you yeah. notice your mistakes and you you, you know, do it yourself. So you, I mean, you, you definitely you feed them. That's the same with our band. Are you, are you, like, are you when, your own worst critic? Would oh, you say? Hundred percent. Are you kidding? For do you sure. kill yourself pretty oh, bad? I'm really bad. Yeah, I'm like terrible. Do you at think it. you're too bad? on Especially yourself? since I record myself too. So it takes me forever to like I was telling you earlier. I was recording these copyrighted songs, which we're doing new copyrighted stuff. But I'll go Check in there out. and, you know, I'm, like, doing my horn part and I'll, you know, record, like, five or six different versions of the same one and have to, like, try and yeah. piece it together. It's kind of how people do stuff now. But I have to play, like, a bunch because I'm, like, it's not perfect. That's not perfect. I can play that better. Right. Like, there's, like, one little thing off. I'm okay, like, so you have, the, you have that perfection yeah, issue. Yeah, and so then when I go yeah. play live, too, I just want it to be perfect all the does, time. Does, and I didn't used to be. I used to be, like, no, but that's what makes it human when you mess up. And that's what people, like, I don't want it to be perfect where it's, like, you know, you edit everything so it's Robotic perfectly in time. And, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't like that. I still like it to be there, be feeling, but I don't like it to be obvious that I messed up. Right, especially gotcha. live. Like when yeah, I go yeah. play it, like it's just like I'm there. You know, it's like is um, you want it to be good for the it, people that are listening. What's it like? Know? Okay, for someone who who is who has that idea of perfection, when you know, especially with an instrument like that, where you definitely have to be precise yeah with that's the, the other thing that's the, that it's it is it's a super, it's a super pers- weird hard instrument to hard play instrument like, and, it's and i always forget that because like i'm at the level of proficiency yeah. proficiency that i am but i also listen to people that are like super good at the trombone yeah. so i'm like i know it's possible yeah to be super rad and not miss a note yeah so for when i do i'm like upset with myself yeah. but the fact that i make that i make all the other notes happen is a miracle in itself right because exactly. you know with the trombone you're like there's like seven. There's only seven positions on that on the instrument, like right. in the slide. So you move down like incrementally yep, yeah, yeah. seven times. Everything else is with your lips. So within first position, you can play like and however high you can get. And then the same thing in second. And then so as you're you know moving around, you have to like not only go to the right position with your slide, you have to be but also get your lips to do the right thing to put it in that that right range of the note that you're trying to hit but then also within that second position isn't like some regimented thing like on a on a guitar there's a fret yeah it's not other than a fretless guitar but like (laughs) there's a set place that you put it or like on a saxophone you push down these keys and that's where it is on a trombone it's somewhere in between there sometimes it's kind of right there so my second position for like you know every note is a little different right and so then depending there's always on the day, too, and depending on the weather, and depending because there's also a metal instrument, so yep. cold and hot affects it. 
Yeah. And there's one little tuning slide in the back that you can adjust, and then so you're supposedly in tune, but then everything, you know, everything else around it makes it change. And so when we play a song in Less Than Jake, and there's no horns, and I put it down, and we're playing like a snowboarding show, right? The horn like drops 20 degrees, and then all of a sudden I'm flat. And it's like, you know, I have to sit there and like, I have to just like blow through it for like a Warm whole bunch before I start playing again. Yeah. There's like a lot to it that like I don't even think about anymore. Yeah. And so when I miss a note, I'm like, God damn. damn or whatever. Right. But, but everyone else is like, I didn't even notice I didn't, you, what you missed that. What the fuck are you yeah. talking about, dude? It's like, and it's super obvious to me too, because I yeah. know what it's supposed to be. You know? And like Chrissy, when she used to watch us play, she used to be like, listen, dumbass, when you keep messing up, stop making that fucking face. Yeah. That's the thing too. You have to play through your mistakes for sure. Because I'd, be like, I'd, I'd be like, because I'd be like my old my old common ground shows. Like someday soon, something I'd be like, yeah, yeah, and it just ruined. I just be yeah, so and then, then everyone God. knows you messed yeah. up too. And then it, then, it, then it bums people's thank like you so much. bums people's like uh, you can take thank you. Like their their experience goes down too because yeah. like they if they if like didn't oh dude that, that guy's because yeah. even if you oh, like even if you mess it up and you're just like woo like yeah. you know like oh, I totally fucked up yeah. that's even more fun than go, yeah. than getting bummed on yourself yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. people you have to, enjoy you have to laugh at yourself people enjoy the, that so I, that I try to of... do that when I'm playing live and I mess up I don't I don't go yeah, like, yeah, yeah. kick the dirt I yeah. like you know I, instead I kind of laugh and I'm like God I suck or whatever okay so you've played in front of you've technically played all over the world. Yeah, there's like a multiple couple, there's times, like a couple continents we haven't been to, but like we've never been to Africa. You've had your fair on, share in a plane. Radar. Oh yeah, very fair share of a plane. Uh, very fair share of. We're on the platinum vans. member on Delta. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I guess a very a lot of time on a yes, plane. Yes, exactly. Holy cow! I think I'm not going to make it to platinum this what, year. Though. What, I'm going to go gold. What do you? What's your thought on it all now, looking back and like kind of like just going back and thinking about like what we talked about this evening, like where you. You know, you started where you started. You come from where you come from. You you pick up an instrument because your sister. Yeah, it's all know. it's all been a crazy wild ride of me never thinking it was like where I'm at. Like even like was you know, happen, even ten right? years ago, like 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 every five years ahead, it's me not really being able to guess that. I, I'm always like, I don't know. Now at this point though, it's like this is what I do and this is what it's going to be. Right, but. Who knows? See, and I say that now, but like five years Who knows? from now, something yeah. might like someone, like God forbid, something might happen to one yeah. of us, and all of a sudden I'm not in this band anymore. And like, yeah, yeah, you know, because we're not going to break up now. That was a big, huge part too. Around yeah, that that's ten a year question. bump, you guys, you guys have been around for a long time. Being a career time, band is, is a weird thing. Like where you get to that point where it is what you do instead of like, yeah, you're not we were jobs, all in college. We, all just, we morphed into this band out of college. It wasn't, and you know, like Chris and Raj like quit school to do it, and we were all like, we're going to do this or whatever, but. I'm not sure any of us thought it was going to last more than five years. Oh, you know wow. what I mean? Or anything like that. Right, and, right, right. You know, we had girlfriends and wives and, you know, people were talking about having kids and, like, it, it was a very turbulent point of, about the 10-year mark where it was like, we knew the band was doing well, but you still really had no idea. There's no, like, pension plan or, like, you know, 401k. You yeah, don't yeah, know yeah. what the future is going to hold, like, or if people are going to like you in, in the future. But then also, you know, if you're with, like, a girl, it's, a good it's, hard, it's hard to, like stay in a relationship and then if people want to start having kids it's like do we stop touring what is going to happen like, yeah is everyone so else in the band going to be on board yeah. yeah like like how is that going to happen do we get maternity leave yeah like all that kind of stuff <laughs> yeah so that's it, a lot of it, that's it was a lot, lot of pressure crazy. and like weird anxiety for me because I didn't know what my future held and I'm a tourist that needs to like have my life planned out like so you like your shit fucking set up and straight yeah I'm and very like regimented. regimented kind of guy okay. yeah it goes along with my being a perfectionist yeah. about how it sounds and that yeah. kind of stuff and that's why I married Edie, who is a little bit looser on that side of things and likes, you know, to change things up a little bit. And yeah. And that helps balance me out. And I yeah, totally. And I help totally. balance her out. We're definitely, 
uh, a good good match. But um, so I you know. It, so you well, never, as as you, like, you never, you never, at any point in time, were like, "This is where I'm going to be. I'm going to be in a place where I'm going to live in the same town that I moved to." Yeah, I never thought I'd be here as a long. musician. No way did I think I was going to be in Gainesville for twenty some odd years. Like, I'm coming up on thir- like thirty. Well, no, I guess not. It's, it's, I'm at twenty five. Yeah. Right, right now, it'll be thirty be, quick. Yeah, I know. God, that's the other thing. Yeah, how fast <laughs> the years go now? Could you tell me those tours? These sea suckers must fly compared to how oh. they used to fly, huh? Well, sort of, because tour is still the. In, I mean, in, I know those days could drag, but I mean, look at that. Warp tour is a good gauge because Warp tour used to seem like the longest thing on the planet, and this one we just did, I was like, because eh, I know how I know how to do it now. Right. I know, I know all the different stages of the Warp tour as far as like how I'm going to be. Like, I know yeah. that four week part, and it's going to be like the doldrums, and you're like, oh god, it's just dragging now. <laughs> like the first couple of weeks fly by, and you're like meeting people, and everything's cool. Yeah. And then, like, you know, right around three and four weeks, you start, like, you start actually saying it's less time than it is before. Like, you're like, oh, right. it's only three weeks until we get home now. But you, you shaved off four or five days when you said that because you were almost at that point. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then you realize, you're, like, then three days went by and you're like, oh, shit, now it's three weeks. I was like, God, those three days really took a long time. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, oh, yeah. Now we got a long what, time still. So. What do you think about after all these years doing these fests and everything and, and the kind of... Uh, effort and time that it takes is it um has it has it been fulfilling as an artist in the sense of like because i mean like uh, usually when i try to talk to musicians about their artistry and and how it affects other people and the stuff that they do in music i kind of i'm trying to get to a point to where like when you're playing still after all these years are you are you still seeing that same effect artistically that comes across to all the fans and the, and the audience are you getting yeah. that is it more now than it was 15 years ago are you seeing like a this uh is there like more of a connection now with you guys since you have been think, together so long like well, i you think what's weird nice... for us is there was a connection from the get-go yes there was with the audience like even at like the hardback like when we were playing the hardback it was like f- we we did blow up the hardback like i was saying yeah. it would be my fantasy to play yeah. the hardback and people were like crowd surfing and, and there's tons of videos of us playing the yeah. hardback where that happened and that was already my fantasy like you were my first I already, like, show in gainesville huh awesome at the orange and brew Oh I yeah! Oh my God, that's hilarious. I just moved here. It was 1994, winter show. of October. We played there a few times. October of '93, I think it was, right? And I went in there and I got kicked out because I got in a fight. Was <laughs> and you wanted Roger or Chris? We were up towards the front, and you guys, one of you looked down at me and you're like, "It's cool, dude. It's cool, dude." And I had a shaved head back then. I, I looked, I don't know Yeah, what, you, you looked skinheady. I was bigger. You know, I was like 60 pounds bigger than I am now. So I was a big fat head. So it's like, but I mean, like you guys were so cool about it. I was like, all right, it's cool. It's cool. It's cool. And then, but the bouncers were being dicks. So yeah, they, made they, me they escorted you. <laughs> yeah, they, they left me. But you guys were super cool about it. And I was just like, well, that was cool of them for being cool about me being kind of, because I was being We were big on that back then, too. Like, the whole, like, you know, no fights at the show. Yeah, like, yeah, we yeah, would always yeah. do that. And But, like, also with the security, we were always like, you know, yeah, we'd, yeah, we'd you guys throw really out good security. Yeah, yeah. Like, we'd get security kicked out and all that. Like, that's a lot harder to do these days. But, like, we still, like, are, you know, if something, there's a fight breaking out, we stop and, like, yeah, make yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you guys, know. you guys, that's the thing. Like, um, you were the first show. I remember that show you guys did right at the, um, when the new, um, fitness place opened over there at the uf yep the oh my god that's like there's that video show. of that show too we put it on one of our dvds yeah there were six people you were one yeah. of six people or something yeah 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 it was wendy mays me i think pat hughes uh my, my ex <laughs> like sam was there amanda and, i want to say jen maybe amanda maybe maybe even uh Maybe maybe Kimberly Wallard was there at the time because Kim and Wendy and them all and 
I definitely know that we're, I mean, Sean yeah, already so was funny. there, yeah, it yeah, was it was really not that many people. Like, Chris yeah. dressed up like a chick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was definitely a whole thing. And we had, like, Trumpet Bob was, it was like this guy that played trumpet that played, like, two shows with us. He, yeah. He was at that show randomly. And then I remember the shows, we played a show... Or how I played a show with you guys in Deland. Oh, that at show that was little awesome. center when Jesse was living in Deland, mm-hmm. and that little yeah, like, I remember, VFW I remember going to that thing. Yeah, that was such a yeah. That was a. I think that was the night that we stole the pizza delivery guy sign off the top of his car. On the we 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 drove. We were wasted, and we were we did something. But yeah, we were doing. I don't. <laughs> never mind. I didn't say anybody's name. <laughs> I almost let a couple of words fly, but I'm, I can't do that. Yeah, no incriminating. I, no stuff. incriminating stuff. Not unless you guys say it. I'm not going to say it. I think the uh, statute of limitations on the pizza signs is probably gone. Gone, gone by now. It was. It was, but, uh, it, it was Deland. The, the fan question, though, like, like I think that's what's cool about our bands, and that's probably half the reason we're here too. Is there is that connection, and it's. And I used to always talk about this in interviews. Like it's like a kinetic energy thing. Like we're putting out a bunch of energy. And then it's received, and then that gets people energy pumped up, and up. they give the energy back, and that just gets me more pumped up. And so this thing, just this kinetic thing, happens, and it turns into this explosion. And that's been going on with us forever. And you know, the, the shows get bigger and whatever, but it still happens. Like even those eighty thousand people yeah. things at Reading, like we'll play like a thing where we're like everybody jump. I've been I watch I've like, been watching your videos like 50, on YouTube. Fifty yards yeah. out to the barricade or something. Yeah, yeah. And so you lose some kinetic energy there, but if you look out and like the whole eighty thousand people are jumping, yeah. you're like holy shit. That's the one thing I was gonna say is like. That's the the thing that I've got to say. Watching you compared to a lot of bands that are still around that have been as long as as you have, you guys definitely still bring the energy. Yeah, it's like once, you did since day one. That was hard. The Warp Tour this summer and the heat wave that was going on. This I summer, could only as a forty-three imagine. year old on stage. I was definitely lots feeling it water. versus twenty-two. You know, like, <laughs> I could jump water. around like like an idiot all day at twenty-two, but I was. I'd be drenched and like have like heat exhaustion after. I was like definitely feeling it more. And but you know that's what it, you know you're only, that's the thing about the warfare too. You're there for like you have to play for half an hour. So you're the other twenty three and a half, half hours, hours of the day are for nothing. You know so like you got to get it. What so what is that almost like? A, uh, I mean, because I've asked different people about who've been on that tour. Uh, is it do as someone who's been on all different types of tours? Do you find which ones like is that like? Would you say that was kind of like? Being on tour with Carnies. Oh yeah, that one's. I, I liken it to. Like, it's like it's kind of like a punk rock uh, carnival, like circus. Yeah. Because you know you, you pack up every day and travel. Like the whole thing moves, and like you show up in the next town and set it all up. So it's very circusy like that, but it's also like high school a lot. Yeah. Like the backstage part of it definitely, because you have a lot of people get angry. Well, well, well there's like catering, and, yeah, which is yeah. like the cafeteria. So it's very clicky. Okay. There's, like, different right, kinds right, of right. bands. Gotcha. And gotcha. And stuff, and so like you have friends with some bands, but there's like. Rivalry start and all these like somebody weird was married to somebody happens. ten years ago. Yeah, or like <laughs> weird someone was a girlfriend like with somebody at yeah. the beginning of the tour, like tour no, girlfriend, and then the middle of the tour that broke. They broke up. And they're they're like hanging yeah. out with some other dude in a band. Or yeah, yeah. So all the backstage <laughs> stuff, and then like there's the whole production staff is like the principal's office. So like if you do something wrong on the tour, you got to go see Kevin Lyman and the principal. Yeah, yeah, and, like, yeah, yeah. Get paddled yeah. or whatever. <laughs> so there's all these like you know there's definitely a lot of comparisons to the high school world, but also like punk rock circus too because you're like packing up every day and moving on. How about like those tours? Over in Europe, but like Ridding well, and See, and that's what's like different that. with those is it's like a it's a one day or like a weekend thing. So the people in the crowd are camping out and hanging out. So for them, it's like a thing like that. But for us, we're picking up and going to the next right next show. The next show. You, know, you only play one Reading. Okay. You don't, you don't camp right, overnight right, there. Right. But those are crazy too because, like, Warp Tour is kind of a bunch of different genres of music, but it's still all kind of in the like yeah. punk rock umbrella to right. a certain degree. 
whereas like a European festival like Glastonbury or Reading or something like that, you could see like New Order and like Nelly Furtada and like, yeah. like I mean like it's like it runs the gamut on yeah. like all the kinds of music that you can see. And, like so I've seen a lot of bands that I never thought I would have seen because I've been on some of those festivals where I'm like, oh cool, I can just cruise over yeah. and go watch that band right now. Yeah. So that, that's what's pretty cool about those is that I get to see bands that I would never go see. You know. That's <laughs> <so> rusty. <laughs> Man, um, I'm not gonna t- actually. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna take any more of your time up. You've given me a lot of information. <laughs> good job editing this. No, I don't edit. Oh, okay, good. No, I don't believe in it. I, I live. Yeah, I was just gonna be like, I don't know what you would cut out of this. I don't. It was all out. so great. No, it is. It's well. See, this is the thing. Like, this is this is this is my excuse for now. In six months, when you guys are done with the record, and you guys are starting to play shows and stuff, we can get back together. Yeah, and you're like, what do you think of that crap? Yeah, what did you think about that fuck shit that you shit out of your mouth? Look at the almost full moon right now. Oh, wow. I think tomorrow is the full moon. Yeah, I know. That's Coming up over the top. It's crest. It's a good time to end the interview because it's cresting over the top of the roof. I'm feeling a little hairy and I need to go home and take some extra Xanax. Um, As you listen back (laughs) to this, too, you can see just how much I tangent. Or we both, actually. You're a tangenter, too, I noticed. Because you would ask a question and then... as I'm answering it, I would tangent into a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. But while I was doing that, I thought of all these things that I wanted to say about the yeah. question, and I never went back to some yeah. of them. I did go back to some of them, but yeah. like some of the stuff, I that's, still had more things I wanted to talk about yeah. within that question. Yeah, yeah. There's that's the that's the fun part about this because we can always go back to those conversations because yeah. there's so much information. I mean, we got twenty some odd years. Like that's the that's the best part about. The, deciding to do this. Yeah, was, not, well, that's what's different about this interview too, because you started with my history as a person. Yeah. Not just the band, because like when I go do interviews like on the Warped Tour or whatever, yeah. it's like, God, thank God you didn't be like, so how did you get the name of the band? Because that's right. the worst part about being in a band too is doing interviews where it's just the same questions or the stuff that you can just like easily Google. Like ask me yeah. something interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like this was more. Well, of this a, is more. This well, that's it's like you thing. said. It's a conversation with Pat, and that's what it really is. It's like we're just hanging out talking. So yeah, the, the tangenting is good because that's what a conversation is. Exactly. Because like, like, like regimentally it, answering questions. Is, and the best part about it too is like is like we we see each other, but we don't see each other enough. So when we do sit down and like that's the best part about having these conversations that you have stuff to say and you have those tangents and those areas that you can yep. go to and you always have something to pull from that's and my biggest problem in this town actually from being the guy that's in a band like I've lived here for so long and but I'm the guy in the band that leaves and comes back and leaves and comes back right and so I have all these friends but they're all kind of acquaintances yeah it's like you know it's all these different generations almost of friends yeah. like a lot of my friends because this is a transition town so a lot of people totally. move on from Gainesville and yeah. then I have to make new friends and now I'm 43 so making new friends is like trying to make friends with a 21 year old and I'm like it's just not working so yeah. so I have to like recultivate my relationships with all totally. these people that were a lot of the time just acquaintances because I'd see people at the bar and, and like yeah. you just said it never gets past like oh so you were just on tour how was that yeah like no exactly. one ever said so how did you start playing trombone anyway? Was it did your sister say something? Yeah, yeah. You used yeah. to play clarinet. Like that yeah. doesn't come out. You no, know, like no, that that's, kind of stuff doesn't happen. Well, see, that's a, see, that's a funny thing. Is like it would if we sat down and had a conversation. Said, time, exactly. But you at a bar where it's loud. Or and you don't. And plus, you know, I I found over the years. I mean, I'm someone very high anxiety my whole life. Like always had really bad social issues, and that's why I drank so much when I was younger. And I mean severely because it's just like I couldn't. You were trying to cope with coping with it, man, de- or deaden the anxiety. Deaden the anxiety because I really, you know, it's like for me at that time I felt just on my personal level inferior in a sense of I had anxiety that I wasn't artistic as as much as I wanted to be like all those around me. I wanted to be 
a better musician. Yeah, like how you talked world. about. Yeah, see? And that's how I was. <laughs> and it's felt. funny, too, because people would be like, what? Like, like yeah. my fans or whatever would, yeah, would yeah. say, like, fans all over the world would say shit like that to me, but I feel like that all the time. Like, yeah. I, every day. Like, talk and, about how yeah. I wish I was better. Or and, then, like, that, and that anxiety kept me from doing stuff for so long. And then, like, when I turned 44 last year, when I started doing this, I decided to not let that shit bother me anymore and try to fight it and start doing what I've been trying to do my whole life and, and that is try to connect with people the way that I know I want to in the way because I wouldn't want to connect with you unless I knew there was a real yeah, there's a real connection here and I and I've always felt there was a connection there I mean to me no matter what you've always been a brother of mine we've been acquaintances but there would always be a time if there would you ever would have needed anything Pops, yeah, I've been like I know that dude Pops is dude always is. there for you yeah you know and that, and that's what I've always tried to tell people over the years you know like all that weird rough and gruff exterior bullshit that was supposed a scared dude drinking beer yeah. who was afraid of not being liked is what that guy was. It's a scared, scary dude. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah. It becomes that. Because, like, because when your, that, fe- your fear, fear and anxiety turns you, into, like, yeah, it, other it, things. Yeah, it's such a protective vice for ways. me. Yeah, yeah, and it was so bad for me. And 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 this was this was a way for me to go back and, and reconnect and... and and say, listen, I, I I was interested in the things that you had to say. I'm sorry, I was so drunk that I couldn't pay attention, you know. But no, uh, thank you for showing up tonight and doing this. Thank you for taking the time out from your recording. I know you're busy. Uh, how many more tracks do you got to knock well, out? Well, we haven't even. Well, I finished the copywriter stuff today, so that's okay. good. Like oral, I finished recording that's, my okay. verse. I'm also the guy that mixes everything too, so oh, nice. so I'm still gonna mix it, and then we're gonna maybe send it to like Stefan right. to get it mastered or something. But Jake still has to maybe do some backing, but we're gonna listen to it Sunday. So that's. Well, I'm rounding third on okay, the coffee project, good. which is good because that was like another issue on top of what I'm already doing. So yeah. I'm still finishing writing stuff for the Lesson Jake stuff that we're supposed to go record Thursday. So I haven't even we haven't recorded any horns yet. Like right. the, they're doing the drums right now. They started doing drums. Oh wow! Yes, today's Thursday still, right? Okay. Yes. Yeah. So they started drums yesterday. So they're hopefully getting done with Vinny, and then he's going to edit stuff over the weekend. So the drums will be done, and then Chris is coming into town Monday. Uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and they're going to do guitars and bass and like whatever Rogers yeah, going to play, yeah. whatever Chris is going to play, and they're going to try and nail all that. And then JR's coming in, oh, wow. and we're going to try and do all the horn stuff. Hopefully, he'll be real. like we have a lot of stuff for him, but there's like loose ends that are still, still trying to figure out. You guys are, are trying to track uh, well, yeah, right that's now. the thing. It's like not a record. We're just going to do like an EP now, but it's going to be seven that we're doing. Seven songs. Okay. Yeah. So we had, like I said, we had seven. We never really finished that conversation about how we had seven yeah. ideas and then it got scrapped. But then in May we were supposed to record, so we had that time. So we just started over and started writing, and then we kind of wrote some more over the summer on the Warp Tour, and so yeah. that's where we got those. That we had nine songs and we shaved it down to seven. And you guys all feel really good about these? Uh, I so feel far? like it's good. I feel like it, it is something that has been like this piece together. It's not like our last record, See the Light, was a very, it was album. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we wrote a record and it's all thematic, whereas this is all not a theme. Like there's not, there's like, no you know theme I mean? like it's not it's a, just I feel like it's, it's not a rap. That's why we're doing it as an EP. EP and we did these songs. two EPs a while ago. I think most EPs aren't really set up that way. They're just like, yeah, a, it's a, like a, a bunch of different songs. ideas. Yeah, yeah just they're just songs. songs that don't go together at all, yeah. kind of thing. So that's, that's where that is. So that's why I don't know if everyone's not into it. Or not as into it, or if we just all feel frantic about it, right? Or, or uh, yeah, yeah. Or it's not. There's only seven things, and so it's not an album. So okay. everyone, I just don't know where. The, like that's. What, I'm just trying to figure out in my own head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What yeah. everyone else is thinking. So <laughs> I thought I think the songs are good. Like I've always liked everything we've done. You know, yeah. even like the stuff that's B sides that yeah. like that we even stuff that we've trashed How many songs before. I'm like, these are good. So like, you know? How many songs you guys recorded? Oh, like in totality. Yeah. 
What do you think? Yeah, over 200. Over 200 songs? Yeah. That's a couple. <laughs> well, that's homework when it's like, you know, that's what's so crazy about, you know, when we first were a band, it was like, writing a set list was easy. It was like, okay, we're going to play everything we know or whatever. Like the first, you know, when you yeah. first start. Now and it's then, like, no, you Then you have like a couple records and you're like, oh, we better write, start writing set lists. That's what's funny is you only really start writing set lists when you have enough songs to write a set list. Set list, right. So then, you know, we would start doing that and then we could just like pull stuff, like, throw something in like whatever yeah. oh yeah if someone said that we'll play that because we only had five other songs so yeah. it's one of those other songs you know but when you have like 200 whatever songs like some of those I've like forgot like we haven't played in years <laughs> so I've forgotten so that's why we do those record shows every once in a while too where you play the kind full of, record and yeah. stuff that was like homework that's pretty smart. for those but yeah. it's cool because then you retain some of that again after you did it so right. so we definitely have like a pretty good wheelbase yeah. And you know we've been playing these songs for twenty whatever the hell years. So yeah. if I don't know it, there's something wrong with me. Yeah, I better check my Alzheimer's. <laughs> check my shit. So I actually thought about that the other day because I was talking about Alzheimer's and I was like, all these. But parts, then you forgot about it. You know I don't have the shit written down anywhere. Like there's no yeah. charts of our music. Oh wow, I'm sure yeah. There's tabs up online where God yeah, knows yeah. if those are right, but <laughs> but you know it's all in my head and yeah, which is also like let it's alone point, yeah. let alone just knowing how to play the horn, but remembering all the parts. See that's the thing with Copy Project too is that I don't play it that often so. That's the other side of that that makes it more challenging is that, you know, I practice this stuff. So I'm like, okay, but sometimes I'm like, I'm remembering the note I'm supposed to go to as I'm going to it to play it. And then right. trying to make sure that it comes out right. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's like that with Lesson Jake. Like when there's, if someone shouts some song out from the crowd and then Chris is like, yeah, let's, fuck, let's play it. I'm like, oh, oh shit. How's, how's that, that going? Yeah. yeah. Awesome, man. Um, before we go, uh, is there anything you want to tell anybody? What to look out, anybody to look out for anything or your email address or any, if they have any, <laughs> Here's my, any contact? My, my phone number. Not your personal <laughs> yeah, info, yeah, but contact mean. stuff uh, for uh, the yeah, coffee I mean, project. Less than Jake is easy. Like Just look up, you know, less than Jake uh, on the Google. I don't know if it'll come up. Lessonjake.com <laughs> and everything's linked to that. Our only only a billion, store too, a billion so fans across the world. If I think. you order stuff, I will be the one. Oh, you are the ordering guy? Okay, awesome, awesome. Um, uh, good to know. With Copy Project, uh, we have a Facebook. You guys doing the fest? Uh, we are, yes. Okay. So that that show we played the other day was really uh, a impromptu practice for the fest. Okay, so. nice. Okay, because so. we're actually going on tour, right? Like we leave for tour in a week and a half or something. Oh shit! And you're gonna for, come back and finish? For, yeah, for. Well, we're supposedly gonna finish before we leave, but I don't know if that's gonna. We might actually be recording some of the horn parts in Europe. Oh wow! But. Uh, yeah, like like Roger's gonna bring a preamp and a mic or something. <laughs> We're gonna try nice. and like throw down any like yeah. extra parts that we didn't finish or something. But we'll see how that goes. But, uh, but he's like, oh, yeah, but we get back like right before the fest, and then so practicing oh, with Jesus. Jake again is gonna be like, all right, we got one day to practice, and then so I'm gonna coffee. try and like Let's practice a few songs like over there, but <laughs> over there, over there. But yeah, like Lesson Jake's easy to find all of our stuff. So yeah. just go look. Well, man, again, I'm so glad you took the time to come out and uh, talk to me. Uh, I told you it was going to be like an hour, and I know that I rambled for longer than that. Yep. We brought about an hour, which is good. That's about average. Yeah, that actually wasn't that bad. I, yeah. Because by the time I got my beer and sat down, it probably was almost 7.30. Yeah, so not bad. But, man, yeah, thanks for coming out and uh, sharing your story with me, man. Uh, yeah, that's just a little piece of the story. That is. I mean, and it's a, it's a good story. I mean, I, I'm, I'm glad to see... Uh, I'm glad to see people out there that are... Uh, that are doing uh, one that something that they love. Um, two, they appreciate it. Um, three, that they're always surprised that they're there, which is uh, yeah, that awesome to up, find. That sums up my whole experience, and that's what I get amazed by when I see people that aren't all three of those things. Yeah, like not I, so much surprise, but like the people that don't appreciate it. It's just kind of weird. Especially, I'm like, God, do you really know how lucky? Like, yeah. 
You could be and cleaning it's, it's toilets. Usually younger people too that don't know because <laughs> they haven't had to do something else or True. whatever. But no, it's definitely uh, it's an awesome thing, and I'm I'm glad you guys are still doing it. And uh, folks, if you uh, have any questions or uh, any comments, keep them to your fucking selves. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, send them to me at you know where I'm at. I'm on Tumblr. I'm on Pinterest. I'm on Tinder. I'm on Flickr. <laughs> You're on Grinder. I'm on Grinder. I'm on Clitter. <laughs> I'm on Titter. I'm on all those itters. Um, <laughs> whichever I one. Wish Clitter was actually a thing. <laughs> it will be one day, I'm sure. <laughs> One, once the idiocracy thing gets a little bit closer, <laughs> yeah, there will be a it, there will be a clitter app. I, I love clitter. Weird. Yeah, we're <laughs> yeah. definitely approaching that one. That's Me and my wife aren't having kids. Yeah. Well, that's because she's the intelligent one. Yeah. Well, that's you know, Edie and I don't have any kids yet either, and uh, I threw the yet in there, but we're we're both. You know, that's what it is too. As you get older, like you see all your other friends having kids and. They always talk about like, oh, it'll change your life. It's the best thing ever. But then I hear them complaining the whole time. But this is this is the one thing. This is the only. And down, I'm down. If y'all folks want to have kids, more power to you. I'm just gonna say, don't be selfish and have five because there are finite things on the planet. Yeah, there's too many people already. That's why I almost feel like I'm doing. We're a little overpopulated. I'm, I'm doing my part, but yeah. I'm also it's like idiocracy. Like I feel yeah. like I'm smart. I feel like me and idiot should be spreading our genes. Gene, but, but you, you are, unfortunately, you are some Cleavon or yeah. whoever. I mean, because like this is a thing. Genes. Like if my wife would have had a child with me, that kid would have went back down to where <laughs> I was. Oh, yeah, I was like back fine. to the trailer park. You know, no. like here we go. You you were a diamond in the rough. So I hope I I hope so. We'll see, we'll see. But uh, again, thank you for doing this. Uh, hopefully, I'll see you guys out and about during the fest. Yeah, I'm gonna oh, be yeah. out and about talking to people and interviewing people and uh, talking to a lot of the uh, people who are volunteering their time. I think I'm gonna spend a lot of time this the fest. Yeah, it's the only reason it happens because the volunteers somehow. <laughs> The volunteers, yeah. people into volunteering. So I'm going to go around and do, like try to really, you know, give a mad shout out and uh, support the the local kids. And uh, I have people coming in town to stay with, like uh, Mike McGill's coming in. Yeah, and, wow. And Jay Miracle, they're both staying with me. No kidding. Rick, Ricky Meats, I don't know if you know him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they're all coming and staying at my house. Oh, jeez, McGill, <laughs> he's got kids now too. He's got three, two. Yeah, he's three? got two. Yeah. And Jay has a kid now too. Are you serious? Yeah. Damn. Well, y'all better stop it. Get your shit clipped. <laughs> stop with the kid thing. Stop putting your wife through that shit. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> She's going to have to do that rejuvenation. Yeah, like a wrecking shop down there. <laughs> wrecking shop, guys. <laughs> it's not fun to play on vacation if you can't play that fun, if you know what I mean. But, yeah, we um, sound like kid haters. I love I kids. kids. Yeah, I love uh, kids when there's somebody else's. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's what it is. I really do like being the uncle. My sister has two kids. I enjoy working at a school. I love giving them a snare drum and then being like, all right, have fun Check with that. Here. See you later. Here's a pixie yeah. stick <laughs> and a have drum Have fun kit. for the next three months while, <laughs> they, uh, while they whack that. Yeah. Every time you come over, you bring pixie sticks for the kids. <laughs> yeah. Go play drums now. Right, you guys eat this sugar. I got to go. go. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. But uh, again, thanks for doing this. And everybody, check me out on, on SoundCloud. Uh, you guys know where to find Less Than Jake uh, everywhere. Um, maybe I could trick them into putting me a, a powwow with Pops podcast sign on one of their sites somehow. I could hijack something or pirate something. I don't know. Uh, but you guys take care. You guys have a great week. Uh, much power out there to the uh, Dakota Pipeline people. Uh, thank you, Tinka North, for going out there and uh, leaving your job to feed all the uh, people standing up against the pipeline. Uh, I appreciate you. Uh, I thank you, people of the sun. Um, if it wasn't for you, we wouldn't have what we have. So, uh, y'all, look out! Look out for one another. Uh, 
give a hand when you can. Watch Top each other's do- back. Yeah, don't give a hand to the dogs. Yeah, don't, don't give your hand to the dogs, especially if you're Jack Bailey. <laughs> <laughs> Leave that cat alone! <laughs> Sorry, dude. I, it's just, that's the only person I know that this happened to, so I have to use that one. I have a fat head, so you can use that. Um, but yeah, you guys watch out for one another, and uh, cops, put your guns down. Y'all have a great night. Deuces.